The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. Traven just said to me, you're hot. And I thought, oh, because he's I'm just starting a hot flash. Because uh, I'm so excited this morning to be with all of you. And because uh, it's Wednesday and we have Dr. Doreen Grampichet with us live. So that those are all reasons to have a hot flash. Uh, so <laughs> thrilled that you guys are here with us. We're coming to you live from the Warner Center in Woodland Hills, California. This is the home for Autism Live. It is also the home for the Center for autism and related disorders. We're gonna be with you live for the next hour. You can be writing questions in, excuse me, I have a list of questions that you guys have already sent in, um, but we're, we're gonna take some from here and some from live, so please uh, take note. Traven's about to show you some of the different ways that you can write in. While he does that, let me remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. That's a great place to go to ask your live questions, but we also take them from Facebook and YouTube, um, and Traven's going to show you all the different ways that you can do that. While you're on autism-live.com, there's a lot to do. You can go through our library of videos. You can search them by topic, by author, Lots of different ways to get the information, but there is that chat button. Take a look at that. We're now on iHeartRadio, so check us out there too. But on our on our home site, I'm, I'm like that uh, dog in that that uh, the video squirrel, right? <laughs> so on our website, there is a chat button at the bottom. You just click the chat button; it opens up. That is uh, an entirely free and entirely anonymous way for you to chat with us. Um, here and to ask questions whether we're live or otherwise you can ask questions and I go through those and, uh, and filter those and, and whenever we have an opportunity we talk about those questions live on the air. So if you've written a question in please check out the live show to see if your question has been answered. I don't have a way of telling you that we're answering your question today. That's the one thing about that feature that I'm not in love with. But otherwise, it's totally fabulous because it's free and anonymous. If you don't care about the anonymity, please uh, go over to Facebook or YouTube or Periscope or Twitter and you can ask your questions there. Please feel free to down free download on iTunes of all of our shows and uh, Traven's showing you some of the other different ways, including iHeartRadio, that you can be watching the show as well. So let's not waste any more time because it's, it's a red letter day. I'm wearing red to celebrate its Valentine's Day week uh, and also because it's very exciting uh, that we have Dr. Doreen Grampichet with us. It's time for Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grand Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen Grand Dr. Grand Dr. Doreen Grand Dr. Doreen Grand Pichet is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. Good morning and welcome to Ask Dr. Doreen and welcome Dr. Grand Pichet. I know, and we always say here that we reserve this time for you, but we know that you're busy. We know that you have a lot of things to so do, much. and and so we take what we can get, I and we're grateful it. for it. I'm now uh, almost completely retired, so <laughs> I don't know if I. Does call she look it like somebody who's retired? <laughs> I don't think so, um, but that's just so funny. Yeah. Um, and and you're retired in a way that I don't think people understand retirement. That means that you're just going to work twice as hard doing the things that you really love doing right right, um, right. although we hope you're gonna really take some time off to be with your Absolutely, fabulous husband. yeah yeah sure, sure so like now I think uh, you know I don't know if our viewers know but like we have some new leadership at card which is wonderful and I more or less handed off operational type stuff so yes I'm gonna have a lot more time to do clinical work which is kind of fun 
Well, and it's very exciting for the world of autism. Thank because, you. you know, I mean, uh, while, you, while you're a brilliant mind and you're a capable woman and can do all kinds of things, I love that now you're going to do the thing that you're passionate about. And frankly, you know, the thing that is, I think, what you were put on this planet to do. Well, so. thank you very much, Shannon. But I think it's interesting because, like, the, you know, when you, when you finish doing all the things you've done for 100 years and you're tired of them, you, you sit and think, what, do I, what really gives, brings me joy? Yeah. And it's if you know, I've always said to you that the the one thing that I that pulled me into this field yeah. is again what gives me joy now, which is this is parents. It's talking to parents, answering parents' questions, helping parents, trying to get the parents to like understand what's going on with their child, how to uh, treat their child, how to communicate with their child, what other treatments do they need to do, all that sort of stuff. And I'm really looking forward to it, actually. Well. And I uh, meant to send you things, but they came in in different ways. In the last 48 hours, I had two um, conversations with parents, one that was through a text and one that was through Facebook um, that are card parents. Um, and I just wanted to take a second to share with you the gist of what they said. I had a parent who uh, wrote to me two days ago, and um, they had their regular watcher of the show probably watching right now. Um, and they've gone through the process with us. They started watching the show, took them a while to get started at card because it does. It really, you know, get to, it takes a while to get started with your insurance at any ABA provider, but they got through that, got started, have a little one, and have been ramping up to 40 hours because mm -hmm. they watch the show and they know we talk about That's the full prescription, right? And she wrote to me and she said, we just completed our first week of 40 hour I'm going to get emotional. And she said, I, I can't believe the difference. Wow. And she said, thank you for helping me to know that this is what we That's needed to amazing. do. And what she said, which I want to make sure that all parents hear, is she said, I can't believe because he's sleeping better. Wow. Right? Because so I, I hear parents all the time, they're like, he needs to take a nap, right? We can't do 40 hours because he needs... She said, no, he's sleeping better as a result of doing the yeah. 40 hours. Yeah. She said, our family time. Is so, so much, much better. better. That's the other thing that parents always say to me, you know, I, we, 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 no, we can't do 40 hours because we need family time. Right. We need time to be a right. family, and they don't know that they're missing out on the good quality family time by not doing this. And she said, and I can't believe how much more he's learning. Wow, that's and awesome. I and I was like, uh, uh, can I share what you said anonymously, right? Because awesome. I don't want you know. Uh, and she was like, yes. And then I had a parent who uh, wrote into me on Facebook last night, who her child started with us a little over a year ago, a little one, a little guy, and they started at forty hours, and it was really rough. It was really rough. And mom was like, I just don't think I can do the forty hours. And yeah. I I was very blunt with her, and I said. It's your choice. It is always your choice. But I, I just, in a couple of years, I don't want you to say that I didn't tell you right. what you're giving up. Right. So I'm going to tell you right now. And right. I was, I like went there with her, right? Yeah. And so they stayed with the 40 hours and she just took him to be evaluated by somebody outside of CARD. And he said, oh my goodness, this child is, is like, like. He's learned so much. And he's learned so much. It's unbelievable. And this child is absolutely on track to being somebody who does not have qualify for an autism diagnosis, diagnosis. That's and so she wrote to me and she said thank you so much I'm so glad we didn't miss out on this that's wonderful isn't that wonderful that's and I just so wanted great. to share that with you so that you because I, I you know this is it's happening yeah uh, all the time and sometimes we don't stop to acknowledge it absolutely and I wanted for our viewers to hear that because I know it, that's a hard decision yeah to decide to do a 40 hour with a little I, I remember when I was having to make that decision and I remember thinking 40 hours right that's right. a full-time job honestly. honestly um but I had a mom who had a kid who was doing wonderful say to me no no yeah this is what your child needs if you want what I have you better get on that train. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I thank her all the time for that. It's so difficult, Chan. I mean, as you know better than anyone, it's a matter of, it's like everything else we do in life. It's, it's learning to give up the short-term reinforcers for the long-term yes. reinforcers, right? Yes. And it's, like anything, it's like everything. It's like you want to diet, you yeah. want to study, whatever. We're, we, we do things that are difficult right now because yeah. in the long run, it's just going to be worth it. So and, worth it. Like, and it was. Yeah. It was not easy. Uh, it was not easy to decide to do it. It was not easy to, to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but it was so worth it. I always say, 
it's the most worthwhile thing I will ever do in my entire life. Right. The time that we did with our son at guard. That's wonderful. Because he has the rest of his life because of the time that we spent then. That's amazing. And every day I see something and I go, look at that. We, I didn't think, even this morning driving in, I remembered a time when I didn't know if my son would ever know what a Wednesday was. Wow. Like I was like the concept of Wednesday. I would watch other little five-year-olds and, and I remember uh, uh, when they would line up for kindergarten, there was a girl in line and the teacher was, she goes through and she hugs each kid from the side, you know, and she, she said, oh, you know, today we're going to do this. And this little girl, you know, mm -hmm. how there's always that little girl in class. She was like, you know, that's, it, that's on Tuesdays. Today is Wednesday. On Wednesday we do this. And she said, oh, you're right. And I thought, Will my child ever know that today is Wednesday and that that's different from Tuesday and what you do on Tuesday? But he got out of the car with his backpack and, all, and his headphones, all these things that he had packed this morning. And, and I said something and he goes, Mom, that's not what today is. Today yes. is this. I got to have this ready. Don't forget that I got to have this. And Mom, you know, a person yeah. Yeah. who's got his life and knows what he was doing and we were talking about college applications yeah. and the SATs on the drive to school and that's what, and I didn't know if he would know what a Wednesday was. Of course. But that's what you gave us. Well, thank you. Thank you. you. Can't oh. thank you. That's, that's oh. a lot of that is just you and the wonderful no. uh, Jim himself. No. And all the effort he put in. I, I reject that. I reject that. It was because I know I was there. It was the people that came to our door because uh, we didn't have center base back then, the people who came to our door over and over and over. So it was all the people who sent them, it was all the people who came, all right. the people who trained them, and all of it came because you said, I'm going to build a place. Well, thank you. So that's you. That's you. Okay, now now that I've already cried, because it's, it's not a show until <laughs> Shannon has cried, right? Okay, we have questions yes, for today. Yes. By the way, we have to give the disclaimer that there is no expert in any field that could give individual specific advice in this format, right? So when you write in your questions, and we hope that you will write them in, um, and your comments and your concerns as well, we hope that you will write in as much specific information as you can, knowing that Dr. Grand Pichet is going to give you information of a general nature to help you to know what questions to go back and ask the experts who have literal eyes on your child um, and that is invaluable and people have told us it's invaluable so let's start with um, my son is 12 years old he has trouble with transitions and changes since he is very young he has down syndrome and autism l2 um, level two. Yes, Which verbal. Is wrong, but okay. <laughs> I know. I know. This part drives you crazy because it should be two yeah, numbers. Two, two but numbers. nobody ever, ever, ever gives us anything yeah. more than one number. Okay, verbal and very smart. He started middle school 2019. Lots of behaviors uh, because everything was new. Even though we had a social story, we used uh, real pics of teacher and school, but didn't work. It took two months for him to get adjusted, and since he came back from winter break, the behaviors are back. He elopes very often and aggressive, no progress in academics. His school schedule is from 8 a.m. to 3.40, and he has speech therapy uh, and OT a total of three times a week. He has two hours per week of ABA at card. We are lost. We want to try a half-day school and then home or therapies and hire a tutor for afternoon at home. How can we make this possible? Right. Um, can I just go back and find his age? He's 12. 12. Okay. Yeah, so uh, first of all, well, first of all, thank you. And if you are at CARD, I just want to make sure that you are at this card. There's a couple of cards on the East Coast. There's they are at this in, card. They are at they this are card. They are at this card. Great, great. They are at this, this card. This is very unusual for us to do two hours a week. So, but the fact that we're doing two hours a week, great, you're in. And now we, I would ask you to increase that because we, we, can, we can accomplish very little with two hours a week, very, very little, uh, if anything. So uh, let's start with that. And let's, uh, this is how, I mean, it's the, there's a lot of information here, but this is what I would do if I, had, if I saw you. Um, this is the kind of feedback that I'd give you uh, if I did an evaluation or assessment of your child. Do you know, Shannon, what, where they are, by the way? What city? No. I, I believe that it's Northern California. Okay. But I'm not 100% positive. Okay, okay. So what I uh, suggest is that you need to uh, 
Uh, write down, like you need to, uh, uh, and if he's at card, I'm sure you filled out a skills assessment, which basically means that somewhere there's a list of all of his strengths and his areas of need, right? So these are the things he cannot do. These are the things he's very good at doing. That list is super important because that's our foundation. That's where we're starting. And it'll be things like, you, you mentioned a few, he's verbal. So if he's verbal, that's a strength. I would want to know a lot more about that. Like, what, how verbal is he? What types of sentences does he say? Does he express himself? Does he express his needs? Does he say when he's upset about something? Does he communicate with peers? Does he just ask for things he needs? Like, what is his verbal ability? And because... Wherever that is, our goal would be to increase that, right? Because verbal skills are very, very important. Communication is very important to, to everything, to life, to social behavior, etc. So here's his verbal ability, and we want to increase that. And then you wrote, let's say he has lots of behaviors, and I don't know what that means, but I assume that means he has challenging behaviors, and perhaps they are in relation to transitions, maybe other things as well. So we'd want to list all those things. And we'd want to say, these are the behaviors that we need to increase, and these are the behaviors that we need to decrease. So for example, instead of being aggressive or running away, he elopes, we want him to communicate more and say that he's upset. Instead of running away, we want him to say, I don't want to do this anymore, or can I have a break, or something like that. So all of these behaviors, challenging behaviors, have to be decreased or completely eliminated. And these other positive behaviors, like communication and social behavior and even academics and all the stuff that he needs need to increase, right? So that we're approaching the norm a little bit more. Now, in order to do that, I can tell you that, unfortunately, if it was as simple as let's put him in school for uh, full time, 8 to 3.40, then that would be great. But unfortunately, our kids just don't learn that way. They need the one-to-one. They need the, the specialized instruction. They need the instruction that's just based on their skills. So, you know, the, the more you can actually reduce his school and increase his therapy hours for a while, the better. Because right now, our goal is not to teach him all, every skill he needs. It's to teach him how to learn. It's to teach him how to be within a series of rules. It's to teach him to be compliant, to learn uh, things based on reinforcement theory. It's to teach him to like you know be motivated about increasing his language and not motivated about running away or being aggressive. Um, when our kids run away, it is generally the reason is generally because either they enjoy the attention of someone running after them, or very frequently it's just because they don't want to do the thing that's being done in that environment. So they elope, they run away, they don't want to deal with it. Because instead of that, what would a typically developing child do? They would just basically say, this is boring, I don't want to deal with this. Can we do this later? Uh, you know, can I have a break right now? All these different communication processes are in place for typically developing kids. So they don't have to run away. The other part of it is like if you're aggressive, the aggression is not part of the autism. The aggression is just an expression of frustration. A typical 12-year-old would perhaps do a variety of things, like just say, Mom, I don't want to deal with this, or leave me alone, I'll do it later, or whatever, right? A variety of things. Our kids don't know any better, and aggression and eloping has worked for them. So it, it takes a lot of time for us to teach a child that eloping doesn't work, aggression doesn't work, these are not the right way to communicate. And so my real suggestion to you is, yes, if you can do half day at school or even uh, flip his school schedule, like as you know at CARD we have a very significant shortage of therapists, even though we have like close to 6,000 BTs now, behavior sex now, we just, we just don't have enough of them. So. Our mornings, we always have a lot of therapists available in the morning. So if, if there's any chance that you can provide us the morning time, like he comes to CARD from 8 to 12, and then he goes to school from 12 to 3.40, that would be ideal because he would get a lot out of the morning sessions. You'd get a ton out of that. I don't know if something like that is possible, but it's something close to that.
Um, I don't. I, I mean, if you can't do that, sure, you can always try to get him afternoon sessions with us. It's a little bit harder. You do not need a tutor. Um, we will teach him everything he needs to know. Um, I don't know why you would need a tutor because they're thinking about hiring a tutor for the yeah. afternoons. They're in Texas. You're in Texas. Well, I mean, and we have lots of offices in yes. Texas. and I don't, At a good office. Yeah, lots of good offices there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at a great I agree. office. Um, so, I, I mean, I think those are the things you have to do. AB, and uh, it's not, I don't think, and I haven't seen your child, but it's not really about, uh, it's uh, social stories at this point. When you have things like aggression and eloping and stuff, Social stories are not the, they're not going to work. It's not enough. Uh, the child first has to learn that his behavior has a direct consequence. And uh, like if they elope, they're not going to get away. If they hit, they're not going to achieve what they wanted. But if they ask, they will get what they want. And if they say things nicely, they will. That's a process that can only be taught through hours of ABA. So really, yes, my answer is you need to intensify the ABA and reduce the, the schooling for a while if you can. And that makes sense that they would be in Texas because they are, um, we do have a state program in Texas where we do uh, two, six hours a week, so. But there's, a, there's a, another way to do that, and I'm gonna ask this parent to reach back out to me specifically about upping your hours if you are on the Texas, Texas grant. I don't remember if that is why, but we need to work for you to get more hours for your child. Absolutely right. That's what Absolutely needs to happen. Right. So yes. uh, reach back out to me, and I'll reach back out to you, and, and let's make that happen. We're gonna take a short break, and you guys have written in a bunch of questions questions on the live feature and we're going to come back and talk about some of those so stick with us welcome back to autism live and to ask dr doreen we're here with dr doreen grampichet and she is answering your questions in real time uh, now we have a question that came in in two different ways and i don't know if it's the same person so i'm going to read one of them and we'll see hi i love your show my son just started aba at two years of age don't know if it's all going the right way i can definitely see the progress but not sure how, how programs like matching and give me will help him in the future oh gosh i love this mother because yes, I lived in that neighborhood. Yeah, um, this was not what I thought ABA was. It's very robotic and far from the real world um, nursery reception. Will ABA make my child always dependent to a one-to-one -one teacher? Also, ca how, how can I generalize the program and his learning uh, at home? And the, online, what somebody wrote in and said, um, same thing, two-year-old, uh, um, that everybody is telling them that it should be play-based and fun and that kids learn in their natural environment, but that... Her son is having a very structured DTT at the table all the time, performing what seems to be very robotic and wants to know if there's something wrong. I feel like they might be the same person, but they might be different people. Might so be. same question though. Yeah. Two-year-old, uh, are we doing stuff at the table? Everybody now says, you know, it needs to be natural environment, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and everybody uses the word fun. Yeah. I'm dying to hear what, you, and of course, you know, I have an opinion on this too. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> And this might be a question that's pretty common for parents. I don't know. Absolutely. And, and I have to say that. Uh, so if I could, if I, you know, if I could just tell everyone, just trust me and do it this way, that would be the easy answer. Yeah. But let me try to explain why this is the way to go. So first of all, let's say this is the way to go. Um, yes, we want our kids to have a little bit of fun an average amount of fun when they're two, three, four, whatever time. But that fun will now be very, very clearly defined as reinforcers, reinforcement. And that reinforcer can only be given to the child as long as they do something educational. So and I'll, tell you, I'll explain to you why. It goes, again, back to there's a universe of things we want our kids to learn, right? If our children actually did learn from the natural environment, we wouldn't, they would, there would be nothing different about them than typically developing kids, because typically developing kids learn from the natural environment, right? Our kids have a much harder time learning from the natural environment for a variety of reasons. One reason is they're distractible. Another reason is they are very focused on stimuli in the environment that they shouldn't be. Like they hear sounds differently, they might look at things in a different way, etc., which distracts them. 
Another thing is some of their precursor skills are lacking. So some of their prerequisites, like let's say just understanding basic language. So if you understand basic language, you're much more likely to pay attention to people talking. And from that, you will learn more and more language, right? If you don't understand basic language, for whatever reason, whether you are distracted by something else or you, don't under, you can't hear the words correctly, or you're missing every other word, or whatever it is, you're not understanding, you're just gonna isolate and not learn from the natural environment. That's the point that's really important that you bring up, okay? So now I have a universe of things to teach my child, and they don't learn from the natural environment. So what do I do? What I have to do is I have to do, just like we do with everything else, we do tutoring. Think of it as tutoring. When your child falls behind on, let's say, math, what do you do? You hire a math tutor, right? Math tutor doesn't come and play and put a whole bunch of cubes there and do it in a fun way. You have to do certain things in order to learn math. You have to, we all have to memorize the tables, right? How many people actually on an everyday basis use, you know, what is six times seven? You don't, but you do, because it's a precursor to a whole bunch of other stuff in your universe that you will, you naturally, now it's become one of the building blocks of the rest of your functioning. So all this stuff that your child is learning, matching, imitation, receptive uh, language, later expressive verbal, uh, expressive labels, and so on, all of that stuff is, will be the stuff that everything else is, is built on. These are your building blocks. And it is very, very important for your child to learn these things. Now, that means it is important, and, and, and why discrete trial? Why discrete trial? This is super important. Simply because it's the fastest, period. It is the fastest way to get this information in. Now, if I have 10 things I have to teach my child, and my child, if, if they do discrete trial, they learn 10 things per year, okay, then discrete trial is the way to go. If I do natural environments, they're gonna learn five things per year because it's a slower process. So that means at the end of my first year, I'll still have five more things for year two, but year two still has 10 more things of its own. So you just never catch up. You need a, a, a process that's gonna teach your child faster than they're aging. That's discrete trial. That is the only way you're gonna get there because I will be able to teach your child, not just, it's not just, and I really recommend that you go on skills, even if you're not a skills uh, user, I highly recommend you just go on skills uh, because Skills is our database of like lessons and it's our curriculum and so on. And you go on there by going to skillsforautism.com. Just go in there, try to look at just the lessons. Just see how many lessons there are. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of lessons for even a two-year-old. And by the time your child becomes three, there's more. It isn't just matching and give me. It's give me every single item in the universe and then it's a matter of labeling every single item and then it is a matter of putting those into sentences that involve uh, like descriptives and pronouns and adjectives and that it, it's a lot coming so right now it might be matching and so on and so forth matching by the way is a very very important skill i like to talk about that for a second Matching is how we organize a library in our brain, and that's super important, it's sorting. When you match things, you realize that these things are somehow similar, and they're different from these things. And that is extremely important for future retrieval. If we don't teach a child to, let's say, match things in the right way, they're just memorizing a whole bunch of facts, and later on when I ask the child, like, give me something that is brown and, uh, you know, long and you can write with it, those three categories have not been put in their brain so they won't be able to retrieve pencil. You know what I mean? So it's really important that we do this stuff the way that it is right now. Believe me, it's just like I can tell you this, we've built this over 30 years. You have to do a little bit of discrete trial. Don't worry, <clears throat> the discrete trial 
very quickly becomes, when, when something is mastered, so as soon as your child learns matching and, and goes to the next level of complexity, the level they learned will now become more play-based and natural. Now, making it natural and making it like the natural environment is also extremely important because otherwise mm -hmm. it'll extinguish. Like the minute we have to teach everything and then make sure it looks like the normal environment so that it doesn't go away. Like your child then starts to use it functionally. But the actual teaching has to be in this great trial. And so please don't worry, you're doing the right thing. It's not robotic, I promise you. It will become play-based in the future. Right now, if you start doing a lot of natural and play, you're wasting time. It just will be too slow and your child won't catch up. And I second that, but I wanna say that I honor what you wrote in and asked, I asked the same thing. I was so excited once I had met a kiddo who was doing well and doing ABA at card. And I, you know, and it took us a couple of months to get started and I just like couldn't wait, couldn't wait, couldn't wait. And then they came in and you know, the first time I saw them say to my son, touch car, yeah. in that very way that they say it, touch car. And I, w I remember going, oh, we are so screwed. Yeah. Like, I wanted my child to go to college. I wanted everything. You're going to touch car? How are we going to get to college from touch car? Yeah. What? Like, and I, like, the anxiety level went up. Um, but I will tell you, my kid is getting ready to go to college. Touch yeah. car does get you to college. Give me car gets you to college if you keep doing it often enough at the right amount. Right. Now, it has to be fun at some point. Right. Uh, but, you know, there's the what I hate about when we videotape, um, and, I, and at some point we need to be able to show like an entire session yes, yes. for people to see because That's actually a good point. right because they'll see the DTT and they'll go touch this whatever and they don't see and they go good job and then they see them arrange good job in that very you know good job kind of way but they don't see that they like do it a number of times and they go okay now you get to go do the thing you said you wanted to do because yeah. they did a preference assessment first and now we're going to go play with this yeah. so that it is reinforcing if all they're ever doing is at the table and he's not ever getting if you're not hearing that good job and now you get to play you know this for a minute and a half go here's your marble for your marble run go do your marble run good job okay now we're back here we're doing this right. and then it should be like that level of there's it should be somebody who's doing it yeah. fun but the actual thing of it looks robotic because that's on the way to getting to the point where we say, by George, I think he's got it. Yeah. And the best example that I give all the time was when my mother came to visit us and my mother really hated that we were gonna do this ABA thing. And I had said to my mother, I need support or silence. Those are the only two things I have the bandwidth for mom. Yes. She did not care for that either. And then she and I went and sat in this little room with a baby monitor where I could work and she was watching and she was like, I, I just gotta tell you, you this, you've signed up for something stupid this and I said this yeah I know mom just watch just watch and for an entire week Monday through Friday she watched as the therapist came and went and at that point they were learning uh, that he was learning like categories and functions yeah. Yeah. and features yeah. and things yeah. and they were using animals and and vehicles he was learning those two things right and she wa and she was like this <laughs> every day she was like this is so stupid you are wasting your time and by the time we got to Friday my son who at the beginning of the week, if you asked him, you know, what is this, a little figure of a bird, he didn't know. And he couldn't tell you anything about a bird. But on that was on Monday. And on Friday, the, the therapist held, held up the little figure and said, Jem, what is this? And he said, it's a bird. And a bird has wings. And a bird can fly. And a bird has a beak. And, and the therapist was like, yay, dude. And my mother stood up in the other room and she went, oh, my God. This is the most amazing. Why isn't this on the nightly That's news? Right, right. This is the most, because she had watched the arc of teaching him something from <clears throat> A to Z. Right. And until you have seen the arc of one thing go to A to Z, you don't know. But once mom, once you see the arc and your kid go, kiddo gets it, imagine millions of those arcs. Right. I watched my son be on the junior high um, the very first day of junior high where I, I was told that he could not go, that he needed to be, you know, not included. And you told me you got him ready. Yeah. And you said to me, Shannon, don't take this away from him. And I watched him and I watched 
everything that they had taught him cohese into this person yeah. who was a social butterfly and having conversations. I watched a conversation break down and all those skills were his. At one point they were taught to him very systematically, you right. could say robotically, but that, that was so he would learn it. But eventually they taught him how to make it his own and it was. It's worth it. Trust her. It's it does so work. Important. And thanks for saying all that and reminding oh. me. And I, just for these, these any parent who worries about like the robotic nature of yeah. TT, I want to tell you something. As I go to visit card sites and as I look at our therapists, the number one criticism that I have is you're doing too much natural environment, not yeah. enough DT. Exactly. So that's how good you should feel about it because it is. DTT is the excellence level. It's the core of, of ABA. And we have to be very good at doing that when our kids are two and three. Oh. Because by the time they're five, let me tell you, it gets harder and harder to, you just run out of time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so be like excited um, and watch. And don't worry. Watch, don't worry. Watch for that arc of something. And as soon as you see that, you're going to go, ah, okay, I see it. Right. Um, and you will get super, super excited. All right, we're going to take another short break, and then we're going to be back. Thank you guys for writing in. I'm trying to monitor it. Okay, stick with us. Welcome back. We are here with Dr. Doreen Grampichet. Isn't that a lovely thing to be able to say? Um, all these questions that have come in, um, but I want to address... Uh, I'm a BCBA for a client who is 10 years old receiving home-based services. This is the first time I am servicing a client in the home environment as opposed to school or center. Several of the goals, including playing with neighbors or games, other girls are DT and not as much fun. I don't even know what that means. The behavior technician keeps complaining that last year she had more materials, went on outings, did crafts, made a book with a client, completed projects. Is this how therapy usually looks in the home environment? Should I be doing less DTT and more NET? Isn't this the question? Uh, through projects and activities, of course, we include fun activities whenever possible and use lots of reinforcement. He is responding very well and is excited when behavior technician comes. Wondering if home-based services after long day in school and limited peer access should be more NET style. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Yeah, from a BCBA. Uh, it's very nice to talk to you. I love talking to BCBAs. Um, so don't let the home environment, don't let the environment dictate the type of ABA you want to do. So that's basically the answer. Evaluate the child as a whole. Just forget about the environment. Just evaluate the child's condition and circumstances. Um, you know, we all kind of look at our kids at some point and we say, well, he's very young, he's got a ton of time, so it's like two or three, he's got a ton of time, I'm gonna do a ton of a uh, DTT and then I'm gonna start gradually generalizing so that it maintains, okay. Uh, or my child is now five, I have to enter, I have to deal with academics because it's part of his life now, so I'm limited on my time. You know, how much DTT do I want to do? How much NET? Maybe I should be doing more NET to prepare him from school. All of this kind of stuff is your decision, and it's based on the, I guess, the, the what is available to the child, and what does he have to do, and where do you want to get him, right? So out, forget about environment. If you had him in school, if you had him in, in, in your room at home, it doesn't matter. It's about what you want to accomplish, and you as a BCBA know how much time it takes to do NET and how much progress you make. You know how much time it takes to do DTT and how much progress you make and, and whether or not it would generalize to his environment. Think about all that, and then once you've decided, hey, let's say you'll, you'll say, you know what, well, I have only, I don't know, every day, the BT has like three hours a day with this child and the rest of the time he's in school and he's not supported. I'm just guessing all of that detail. So what is he getting out of school um, that I don't want to replicate at home because now I really want to just do something that he's not able to get at school. And then you decide, let's say you say, hey, I want out of every hour of the three hour session, I want the first you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes to be more DTT based. And then I want my child to do some sort of play activity or NET or what it is, and then you set that up. Arrange the home just like you would a center or a school-based program. 
make it don't don't let the environment dictate the type of ABA you want to do and I will tell you that historically so you know all the way back to the 70s and such when we started developing ABA at UCLA with Lobos uh, it was all home-based uh, most of it was home-based 99% of it was home-based and it has only been over the years that we've come to realize that what you do in the center actually has a higher uh, kind of speed of acquisition and therefore uh, you generally tend to do more in the centers but you know what if you have a home-based client this is what you have to to figure out even change the home-based scenario so that it's 100 percent dtt if that's what you want yeah okay we've got a lot of bcbas and therapists writing in a therapist wrote in and said hi how many programs or skills are generally targeted at once oh, great as question. a therapist i've been working on anywhere from between 10 and 30 targets at a time um would it be more effective if i focused on one goal at a time for example working on just matching in categories as opposed to also working on social uh adl academic play dot 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 yeah what a great question good job so there's several different ways to answer that. It's a little bit hard. First of all, I don't recommend that you work on one thing uh, for the whole session. So uh, just because the child will get tired of it and you, there are too many things. So the way that I look at it is your patient will, you will have identified a sort of uh, a series of lessons that you want your child to learn, like a card what we do is we base that decision on, on their skills and deficits, which is kind of figured out for us or calculated for us using the skills uh, platform, right? So if you're a, a BT out there, you're welcome to go on skills as well or get the family to get a license on skills, and then you can assess the child. Every child has a different set of things they have to learn. So you will find then a massive list. So what? let's say you've already accomplished that and you're at a point where you're like, Okay, these are the things I have to teach the child in language and cognitive skills and executive functions and motor, play, social, all the different areas, right? And there's like a ton of lessons. Now you have to realistically look at the child's age again and determine are they in school, uh, which means I give up like half of my time or do, can, do I have access to the child for a lot of hours? How many hours is the universe allowing you to have with this child? Let's say, you you know, and that helps you determine how quickly you can get through this curriculum. Uh, if you have an open number of hours and your child is very young, you could do a 40-hour program, which is ideal, the 40-hour-a-week program. That means you can select from all of these different curriculum areas. If you have a 40-hour program, the ideal number of lessons is per session, and your sessions, so, so let's say the ideal number of lessons for a given period of time for a child would be something around 20, 20 to 30. After 30, it gets, you're not going to hit every lesson every week, which becomes a little crazy. So let's say it's about 20 or so lessons or programs, right? Now, in a given session, if your session duration is about three hours, you should be able to hit most of those lessons and also have breaks. If it's shorter, if your child can only focus for, let's say, two hours, then you're going to select certain things to be done on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, other things to be done on Tuesday, Thursday. That's kind of how you determine it. You want to make sure that you don't have any lessons in the child's curriculum or in the child's program that you never touch per week, right? You also want to make sure that you're giving the child a whole variety of things because two things. One is you don't want your child to get bored by doing the same thing. And the other thing is your child will have strengths that and weaknesses. So some lessons will be easier than others. Uh, typically for our kids, Shannon, like verbal lessons are harder, like a lot of times. Visual lessons for a lot of kids are easier. You want to mix and match that because you want your child to have adequate uh, access to reinforcers, right? So if your child is all doing verbal, believe me, it's going to be an aversive lesson. They're going to want to leave. If they're doing a, so what I do is like when my child, when my patients are sick, I'll do a lot more of the lessons that they're good at and they enjoy so that just so they get a lot of reinforcer that day. If my patient is on their best and have, has had a good night of sleep, I'm going to do harder lessons. So these are the types of things you have to consider. 
um, when you're selecting. Uh, when I used to do therapy or oversee cases, I would always like have a checklist for the whole week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all the lessons, and um, we still have that at CART. And basically you would just say, okay, do this one these days, these sessions, and then put your initials that you did it so that we were sure that all the lessons had enough time. Absolutely. Think about it like when you go to the gym. Like if you only did yeah, squats, yeah, yeah. like you, you know, those muscles get tired and you don't want to do it and you don't That's really get to the example. fitness. Um, as if I would know. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, the BCBA wrote back in that you answered the last question said, thank you so much for answering my question about services at home. Gave me a lot of clarity. We're working on getting him into mainstream environment. Uh-oh. So it just buzzed up. Uh, we're, uh, so we just carry on toward that goal regardless of the environment. Absolutely and she right. said, thank you so much. I want to pivot now. Um, and, the, and the other person just wrote and said, the therapist said, thank you so much for my question to regard the number of programs. It was so clear and helpful. I look forward to going through all of my clients' programs to ensure the amount of time and programs follow Dr. Doreen's recommendations. I wish there was some way I could can get uh, intensive CARD training. Well, you can. Come work at CARD. Yeah. That is the answer to that question. Question. We'd be love, love, love to uh, see your smiling face here. Uh, we need good therapists. Uh, okay, so wanted to switch now to a parent in India yeah. writing in, Hi, Dr. Doreen and Mrs. Shannon uh, my um, from India. My daughter is 10 years old on the spectrum. She is hyperlexic and verbal, but recently she has started screaming in school and then started doing the same thing at home. It seems to have multiple functions, not wanting to do something, anxiety about routine change, and going to school. I have noticed anxiety and flexibility has increased, but sometimes she does it when she's alone for no apparent reason. Please, I want to know your thoughts on this. Again, thank you so much for always answering my questions. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, she says your, your opinion keeps me going. And if I'm not mistaken, this parent has access to skills. That's great. So very quickly, a couple of things. It sounds like the primary function is escape or avoidance because you're saying that she basically does that screaming when she wants to get out of something. So the assumption I have to make is that she actually gets out of, when she screams, she gets out of whatever it is she's trying mm -hmm, to get out of. Mm -hmm. You need to stop that, obviously, and you need to allow her to keep screaming just motor her through whatever behavior it is that action it is that you want her to complete so that is very very difficult i think you need to get uh ear plugs or something but it doesn't matter ignore the screaming just get her through the other thing is if she's screaming when she's alone that's more kind of a self-stimulatory type of uh you know function that basically means maybe she's enjoying the sound of it at which point, let's, let's deal with one at a time, right? So let's, if it is a situation where you've placed the demand and she starts screaming, make sure you follow through on your demand. That's pretty much the first thing I wanna make sure you're doing. If she, con if she continues to scream, just continue doing whatever activity it is, and then when you're finished with the, I pretend like the screaming is just not happening. When you're finished with the activity, go on a break, come back, just do your routine. Do not pay any attention to the screaming. Let's see what happens. Okay. Um, also, India, I want to tell you that I just, I don't know if I told you this, Shannon, that I uh, personally uh, donated a lot of money to the Association for Behavior Analysis. Yes, you told me that. Yeah. It's very exciting. So they're doing like an endowment uh, in my name so that uh, students like BTs and behavior analysts can get grants every year under my name. That's going to happen this year. But as I was speaking to the association for ABAI, uh, their president uh, and CEO, Maria Malat, who I respect a lot, said to me that they really want, they really need some funding, something like $20,000 to put together a delegation of behavior analysts to go to India because they're trying very hard to get uh, funding for ABA in India and so on. And I said, I would fund it. So I think that they're going to send a delegation to India, which I'm very excited about because we yes. have a ton of families reaching out. In absolutely, India. absolutely. So, uh, so keep us posted so we can let this family know. In India. Yeah. 
Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, we have just enough time for me to probably read this question. Our West Virginia mom says, my son is six and diagnosed high-functioning ASD. We just had testing done at Children's Neurodevelopmental Center. I'm confused by some of the results and new diagnosis he received and need insight. Did a battery of tests and assessments and it showed that his working memory is impaired mm -hmm. and considered low average, but I was not giving it any suggestions what I need to do to help with that. They also did an adaptive test that showed low scores for health and safety, which they said is typical with this diagnosis. Last diagnosis was, was ARFID, Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder, and um, said his is severe, but also noted a need for OTPT speech and said he is delayed in all three areas. What should I be focused on with this new information? I'm pretty overwhelmed and not sure exactly what I should be focused on more. Thanks for any input. I really appreciate all you both do. Yeah, sure. That, that, did the parents say the age of the child? That's that this child is six. Yeah. So that is a that's a way too big question for me to answer right now, I'm okay. afraid, because right. I'd have to talk about it for half an hour. Okay. What I I have two recommendations to how we can help this family. One is uh, when you write back in, and hopefully next week we'll do the show again and discuss this. Yes. But please let us know um, if your child has received ABA, because if your child is or has received ABA, this is how you will do exercises that will help with working memory and all these other things. This is our, I can fill in some of that for yes, you. This please. is this is our mom that at one point was a card therapist. Okay. Uh, so she was trained to be a card therapist, left, was working with a family in a remote um, okay. services thing, left that, went to West Virginia, has not been able to have ABA, but has been doing it on her own with skills. Wonderful. With both children. So there should be under the executive functioning section activities that will help in improve memory now that's one the second thing is shannon if you have uh, because we're out of time but yes if you i have know. evelyn Sorry. here yes the person she would be able to address the issues of both I, I it seems like this child had a vineland done where they got a very significant score on health and safety okay. Uh, Evelyn will be able to explain that more as well as what working memory is yes and how we can help improve working memory okay the, the good thing is we've addressed both of those issues in skills yes we have a lot of, uh, of lessons that focus on safety and health and we have a whole section that we did on different types of memory and exercises and activities that you can use. Wonderful. We are out of time. I want to thank you so much for being here. Such a pleasure. We well, have a we have a big we have a right we have a big announcement that uh, next Wednesday it is our intention. Fingers crossed that we will come to you live from one of our card offices in Fresno, California. Both Dr. Grampichet and I, so we will be doing that Wednesday during this time next week. Also want to say to you, you want to make sure that you stay tuned this week. Tomorrow on the show we have Erin Herman, Herman, excuse me, from Stinky Boys Soap. This is an autism mom that, uh, that she and her sons have created a type of soap. You're going to want to be here to hear her story. And then on Friday for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, we have a young woman on the spectrum who is the most incredible singer, uh, trained at the Boston Conservatory, uh, amazing voice. Her name is Katrina Aguilar, not to be confused with Christine, Christina. Christina. Aguilera, Katrina Aguilera, she's going to be with Nancy and I telling us what's going on in her world. And for those of you who are Disney fans, you're going to want to hear some of what she has to say. So uh, all of that coming up this week until tomorrow. Uh, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.